You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. Welcome back, Clone Club. Hello there. My name is Nando Velasquez for another episode of Orphan Black. After Buzz Orphan Black. Yes. And joining me to my side, he wasn't here the past two weeks. We had to clone him because he yeah. technically wasn't here again, so we cloned him. It's Matt Lieberman. Hey, glad to be back. <laughs> Finally. Yes. I'm so glad to have you back. And across from me, let's start off with Will Link. Thank you. Thank you, as always. And, of course... On a couple. Of course. Of course. The incomparable on a couple. Incomparable. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming back and going right into your sexy clone club dance. I you're, really. You're so welcome. She really the, missed yeah. that. I really had to I'm not the up only these one. shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we get started, we have a special message from our founder and uh, our, our main lady here, Miss Maria Menunos. Hey guys, Maria Menunos here, and I want to share my newest book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, with you. Basically, every woman always stops me and asks me how I lost 40 pounds. So I decided to put it all in one book. Everything I did to lose 40 pounds step by step and how you can too is in here. I did it with no time, no money, and no willpower. And now I'm going to show you how to do it too. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever books are sold. And it's out June 3rd. So I hope you guys love it. I hope it helps you in your weight loss journey. And please, please tweet me and update me on your progress. At Maria Menunos. Thanks. Yes, that's Maria Menunos promoting her new book. I have it right here for those of you who are watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com's live streaming or on YouTube later on in the week. It's Maria Menunos, the Everyday Guide, the Every Girl's Guide every to girls. Diet and Fitness. Thank you for helping me read that because I couldn't. Right. How I lost forty pounds and kept it off, and how you can too. But there's a lot more there than just that. So it's definitely a big book, lots of information. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, and if you're listening to us live on Monday, June second, it's out tomorrow. So, great. Get it on Amazon, everywhere you can get where books are sold. Really cool. The stuff about Maria's life, uh, you know, exercises and uh, uh, recipes, of course, but also stuff about nutrition and just just a really great book. We also, well, besides this, we also have another surprise on our show today. We have joining us uh, via via satellite or whatever technology uh, we use these days. We have have Gracie, otherwise known as Zoe Negramaison. Am I saying that correctly, Zoe? Yes, you are. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. So glad. Glad to see that your mouth is not sewed shut for this interview, first of all. Yeah, I actually took the stitches out last week. You did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So uh, so glad to have you on here. Obviously, it's been Gracie's been a very, very interesting character to, uh, to see the way she poorly treats Helena. And uh, calls her thing, just things like a thing. <laughs> Pretty much refers to her as a thing. It. Yeah. An it. Like, yeah. Oh, so mean, so mean, Zoe. So close-minded. Not Zoe, but Gracie. Pardon me. I'm sure you're much more delightful than that. Let us know. T- tell us how did you get started? How do you get um, started with Orphan Black? 
Um, well, you know, it started out as an audition, just like everything else. But I was a mega fan before I auditioned. I actually watched the first season in, I think, two days. Mm, so um, Binge. when I did get the audition, I was super excited. And then I hadn't heard back for about a month, so I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then I got the part and oh. was so incredibly excited. Um, it's been the most incredible show to work on. You know, you're just surrounded by so many talented people, and it's a really great environment to be in. So I'm really grateful to, to have been given the opportunity. It's That's really cool. Awesome. Did did you, um, and that is awesome, it's so funny because I don't think we've talked to anybody yet who isn't just like so excited and passionate and um, and just speaks so highly about everybody else, and which I think is, is just always really cool. Um, but when you were going to audition, how much did you know about the role of Gracie? Did you think you were going, um, at, well, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. How much did you know about the role of Gracie? I actually didn't know very much at all. Um, they sent a very brief description saying that she's, uh, I don't remember exactly what it said, something but she, something along the lines of uh, she's very sure of her faith and um, very strong-willed. But actually the audition sides, because they didn't want to give anything away, they'd replaced Helena's name with something like Dorothy. And so I had no clue who I was talking about. But <laughs> I guess it ended up reading well because... I got the part, so that was yeah. Well, that was great. Zoe, you mentioned uh, uh, her beliefs, Gracie's beliefs. We, we've gotten to know the Prolethians uh, a lot more this season. Could you tell us, like, did they ever tell you specifically what the Prolethians believe? We know that they're kind of against technology, but Henrik uses technology in his pursuit of the control of creation. Uh, did they ever kind of give you an idea of of what those core beliefs are? Uh, not entirely. I know we're just, just a creepy cult. And um, <laughs> I know we we obviously believe in a higher power, but um, part of us is also very into science, which is kind of, it's a very interesting combination. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what what we know. But well, well, when sure. they punished you, when they punished you uh, by stitching your mouth together, they, they mentioned they were punishing you in the old ways. So this seems to be, I'm guessing, a new sect of Prolethians. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think that's totally accurate. Um, yeah, it's it's still a very barbaric form of, of punishment, but uh, I think that we've our cult is kind of a, a new a new sect. And sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite day on set uh, shooting this past season? Mm, um, I think episode nine was probably my favorite episode to shoot, and it hasn't aired yet. It hasn't so aired yet. Yeah. I can't mm. say oh, now I have so many questions about, about it. Nine. Um, but I, I, we, I just remember it was this really long day, and I think we ended up wrapping. Well, I ended up wrapping at three. They still had another three in the morning. They still had another scene to shoot after that, so we were all really tired. Mm-hmm. But to the point that we were just delusional and laughing at everything and it was it was a blast it was great <laughs> and then we had to dive into this really serious scene but um that was really fun and i mean my first day on set was pretty incredible too just i was totally trying not to fangirl over everyone and trying to keep my cool and just be like hey i'm zoe what's up but uh, on the inside i was freaking out it was it was incredible to be part of this 
show that I've been obsessed with. And... How, how do you not fan over Tatiana? And not only that, you know, you're playing you're playing a role where you're mean to her, <laughs> or you're mean to um, Elena. Well, on the first day I met her, I was kind of freaking out on the inside. I think I kept my cool, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. But she, you know, she gets so into character that it makes. My job as an actor acting opposite her so much easier because, you know, when you're both in character, I tell myself, like, I hate Helene, and she, she is this, she becomes Helene, she really embodies the character, and um, she she's really friendly, and she's an awesome person to work with, but when, when she is in character, it really helps you um, get into into the mentality of Gracie and of hating her, and... As soon as they yell cut, she's great. But um, yeah, I know she just she has so much to give as an actor, and that's something I'm really grateful for. And uh, escape the fangirl mentality. <laughs> my my favorite scene so far happened to be the with you was the last scene that we've actually gotten to see where you come in as uh, pretending to be Helena's sister in the in the police department. And it was this great idea where maybe you're relationship with her is evolving your i mean you still is it more like do you think she's evolving more to maybe uh going with her father's views and accepting her or is this just a truce like is this is gracie just calling a truce between her and helena right now i don't think she's entirely calling a truce i mean i think that a lot of of that scene is she doesn't want to carry helena's children (laughs) Um, yeah that's true that's that's really what motivates her. But I do think that she's evolving and she's she's growing to accept Helena as a person. Like in that scene, she stopped referring to her as it or saying that she's barely even human. She, I think she actually does say, Helena, we want to take you to your children. Um, so, yeah, I think that she's she's starting she's starting to grow more comfortable with her, but she's still very, very reserved and guarded and um yeah, I'd let's just say they're not they're not best friends. Or anything, yeah, sure. But, but also, it must be interesting um, because Gracie. I mean, technically, the father of these children is her father, I believe, right? It's Hendrix. Yeah. 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 So that must <laughs> it's add. <very> messed up. <laughs> so that must really add some extra oddity to it. This person that you're referring to as a monster before, and now pretty much is going to be your. She's kind of like your aunt, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Like mother-in-law, stepmother, yeah. aunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with Mark? Yeah. He's got this kind of fixation on Gracie, even though she's a lot younger than him. And I know, you know, they're in a cult, so that's not completely out of the question. Mm. How does she feel about him? I think I think that she's got a little crush on him for sure. She's obviously very shy around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I, I definitely think that the feeling goes both ways. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Okay. So, um, so Zoe, I follow you on Twitter, and you just seem like the sweetest girl. But I noticed um, Christian Brune, who plays Donnie, was maybe <laughs> like talking a little smack and saying you're such a diva. So, what's what's the deal with that? I think he was totally just kidding. Christian's great, and he's, <laughs> he's a huge goofball. And I think that hope oh, that he was. Kidding. I, that's the way I took it, but 
As far as I know, I haven't been a diva at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I'm sure he was kidding. I just, I just wondered if there was a specific no, incident that he was referring to. Oh, no, no, he's he's just crazy in the best of ways and <laughs> makes all these. But you haven't, you haven't. Really? How did you guys meet? Because you haven't shot any scenes with him so far this season. Yeah, well, you know, we we have cast read-throughs, which okay. is when the whole cast gets together and hmm. reads read the script for the upcoming episode. And you know, sometimes the, they will shoot a an Allison scene on the same day that they'll shoot a Helena scene, so we'll get to see each other a bit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely don't see other other characters as much, but you still get to meet them, which is really awesome. How how is Tatiana on the table reads? Does she does she emulate all the characters? Does she do that in the table reads too? Well, Catherine, her her double is also there, and mm-hmm. um, so they kind of alternate. Um, yeah, so yeah, Catherine reads for half of them if there's a scene with two clones, but mm-hmm. then if it's just a scene with one clone, Tad always reads for that. Mm, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Jacqueline, yeah. Now, Gracie has been with Helena and the Prolethians for for this whole time, and their story's a little separated from the the Sarah main story. Are are these stories going to, and I guess there's only so much you could say, but uh, will Gracie be meeting other clones, or will at least that storyline come in contact with other clone storylines anytime soon? Uh, I honestly, I I don't know. Um, I think that would be a really interesting thing to see, though, just because she has led such a, a sheltered life, to see her interact with anybody that isn't a crazy cult member is kind of cool. That, that'd be a really interesting dynamic to to see. So, well, without without um, but, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Not. Uh, I was just going to say there's nothing that I I know of so far. So. Sure. Okay. Um, without giving anything away, what what would you <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to see for Gracie? Um, well, that's lots of stuff. As I said, interacting with their clones would be would be really cool. Um, I mean, what's great about the show is that there's so many strong female characters, and they're all strong in their own unique way. And I think, well, first of all, that's a really refreshing thing. You don't see that a lot in TV. You're starting to see it a little more, but it's still a pretty cool thing. And I definitely think that Gracie is one of these strong characters. You know, she's really really strong-willed and she's able to trust her gut which is pretty telling considering that she's led such a sheltered life and had these beliefs pretty much forced on her and the fact that she can still kind of think for herself and act based on what she truly believes and not based on what's being being drilled in her mind I think shows that she's really strong so I think it'd be really cool to to see her come face to face with more situations in which she's really forced to question her her morals and come to come to a decision on her own and see her act upon her decision because sometimes her her actions, although I think they're well intended, are a little messed up. <laughs> mm, sure. Well, she is living out there in the in the woods with uh, yeah. with a cult. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. But, but, fair uh, <laughs> but, but, a, but a very different point of view than even Hendrix, for example, of course. What yeah. um, what has been like the reaction? I mean, I know Christian was obviously joking with you on Twitter, but what has been the reaction <laughs> to people who recognize you as Gracie? Uh, has it been positive? Has it been has it been like, why are you so mean to Helena? Has it been anything like that? Actually, I haven't really been recognized yet, other than by my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, 
I think I've read some some tweets and stuff, and it really seems to go both ways. People are either like, oh, poor Gracie, like, get her out of there. I want her and Helena to become best friends and run away together. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, go away, Gracie. Just I don't want to see you anymore. Say goodnight, Gracie. Get out of here, Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next road trip should be Helena and Gracie go on a road trip yeah. together. Uh, That'd be... Yeah, they, that, they can, like, harmonize. And that actually would have been and... great if we yeah. saw the road trip, since we didn't get to see Helena this episode, if we got to see you taking uh, Helena back with Mark. That would have been a great scene right there. Oh, man. That would have been cool, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, are there any other plans for you? Anything else coming up besides Orphan Black or, or anything else to promote the show? Um, yeah, after after we wrapped Orphan Black, I worked on a, a horror movie called The Christmas Horror Story, which I think is coming out during Christmas time. Okay. That would make sense. That would, that would be very topical. Sure yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did an episode of Rookie Blue um, mm. just last week, actually. Oh, cool. So All right. I don't know when that's coming out yet. I just know it's episode... 13 of the fifth season. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I think they start their season this summer, a little bit later on in the summer. So I'm sure we'll be seeing you uh, probably around August, it sounds like, and not. Yeah, yeah. If I was to guess, and that's just a guess. <laughs> I know that they've extended their season. Um, most of them were 12 or 13 episodes, and this year they've gone to 22 or 24, something like that. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. I don't know how they're going to work that out and Great. whether there's going to be a, a gap between. Um, the the late the the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> since you're since you're such a big fan girl, uh, are there any plans at all to maybe go to Comic Con? That'd be cool. I hadn't thought of it, but um, well, I'm glad I put that in your head. Not that I know, but I yeah, I totally be be down to do that awesome yeah all right cool <laughs> well and maybe maybe we'll catch you over there it'd be it'd be cool to see you and uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if i saw some people cosplaying with like uh, stitches in their mouths and playing oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. good that's somebody good. had tweeted I, something about that and i was like that would be so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be cool you know what in fact, i'm gonna put it out there right now someone do that and have like uh like two people like a duo cosplay one with helena and one with gracie with her mouth sewn yeah helena corpse bride yes. and gracie with the stitches in the mouth yeah, yeah. there we go Call, i'm calling it out right now to the clone club let's I'm see so if we can make it happen it. that'd be so awesome all right so uh zoe thank you so much where can we find you on twitter just for the people who aren't christian brune making fun of you i'm kidding just for, uh but where can we find you on twitter people have nice things to say i'm like christian I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um you can find me my twitter tag is Zoe Z O E D E G M, because my last name is too long to include in. <laughs> makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Thank you so much for joining you, uh, joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing more of you on the show, especially episode nine, since you gave a little, gave a little nice little tease about how much fun it was for you. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. thanks so much for having me. It's sure, of course. Awesome. Beautiful. Great. We'll thanks talk again. To you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Well, that was great. I'm so excited for episode nine. Yeah. Zoe loved it. Catherine Alexander's going to be in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I Sounds mean, like it's a big Prolethean episode. Uh, yeah, because I don't think we're going to be, from what I gather, that I'm, I don't think we're going to be seeing Helena next week. So I bet mm-hmm. you nine is going to be a lot of Helena or stuff. Or we pick up with her, like, right at the very end. And then episode nine is maybe it's Sarah descends on the farm. Maybe it's Art gets caught up in some business. I don't know. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I'm glad that you said 
it sounds like we're not going to see a lot of Helena next episode. We didn't see her at all this episode. Yeah. Now, I know that they added a lot of, not a lot of, they added more storylines to sort of give Tatiana a break mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that she wasn't in every scene. But uh, are they maybe adding too many storylines for For me, I'm hooked in every storyline. I love every second of it. But I find myself going, well, where's Helena? I want to know what's going on with Helena. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, what's going on? Where's Allison? What's she doing? Where's Kasima? You know, they yeah, obviously mean, can't keep with every clone. I, I, I like what I have, so I'm not, like, annoyed that I don't. But I, I could have a whole hour of Helena. I'd take a whole But I would yeah. take a whole hour of Al- Allison. So, well, you know. yeah. I'd certainly missed Allison last episode. So I yeah. felt that way about Allison. This episode, I noticed Helena wasn't there. But I, I think it makes kind of sense right yeah. now. And, and it'll be a really nice surprise to see what state Helena is yeah. in. How's she doing on the farm? How's she doing on and the farm? And I feel like, you know, we only have, it's one clone seems to sit out each week. It's not necessarily that we're, you know, losing clones in big batches. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's and, and I feel like it was very similar last year. I, I'm enjoying everything that they've had this season. There hasn't really been anything that I've found to be superfluous. Like maybe the Cal Kira stuff, but I, I really, really enjoy that Kira's actually getting some like attention, yeah. yeah. Like for God's sake, you mm. know. I mean, Mrs. S is a great caretaker, but you know, I'll be curious. Parents, to, I'll be curious to see where these storylines start to. And I, I'm assuming converge, these final yeah. episodes they're going to converge in some mm. way. The Prolethians with Dyad and everything. So. Sure, we'll yeah. See. It looks like it might be gearing up toward that. But let's actually start talking about this episode. First of all, I didn't, I didn't mention this is episode seven that we're going to be uh, previewing or or reviewing uh, the knowledge of causes and secret. Motion, motion of, of things. things. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to read that handwriting. Got it. So, and uh, and we missed Allison last week, but thankfully, there's a lot of Allison this episode, and a lot of oh. her at her best actually in this, this episode, episode. Like to me, felt like a spiritual successor to the the house party episode last mm, season. Yes, yes. where uh, you know uh, Sarah's trapped uh, playing the role of Allison in situations that she really shouldn't be in, uh, while everything almost descends into chaos. People are just like all these like uh, people just missing each other, and, mm. and people yeah. overhearing things. Someone tweeted that it was the best episode of Three's Company uh, Right? Ever. It was like a farce. It was right. like it was. slamming exactly. and everything. Yeah. Exactly like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It was a little bit too on the nose for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I greatly enjoyed it. Okay. Well, I mean, do we want to jump into let's this? Talk about in, it. To the rehab stuff? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, I mean, we start off pretty much with Allison confessing her sins mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, Vic, which we all know that Vic was in with uh, Angelus to get some information on her. And I just the look on Vic's face when she walks away and he makes this amazing face to the reaction of yeah. that she killed Ainsley. Right. Well, but before that even, Allison was like just making this like really like heartfelt, horrified confession. Like she was so disgusted and horrified with herself. And then she's like, oh, you're right. So much better. So much better now. Which is crazy. (laughs) And and that's why Vic's reaction is so wonderful because it's it's layered in that like, holy crap, (laughs) what just happened versus also, you know, like, Great! I can I can be free and clear of my record. Yeah. This is amazing. I can't believe she just told me all of that she, apropos of nothing. Yeah. It's like he won the lottery all of a sudden. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, not and that. And then got gloves on top of it. And then yeah. got those really colorful gloves that she. <laughs> he was not interested. Which is yes. so so cute. It's I so great it. of Allison to just confess the worst things, and then here's some gifts I've given you, yeah. some gloves. Mm-hmm. Who else? So. Who else would they be for? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So uh, so actually so anyway so. He leaves those poor gloves behind, and of course, Allison uh, 
finds them, goes to bring them to Vic, and discovers that he is snitching on her. I love it when she actually calls up Felix and it's like, yeah. and it's like Vic the dick snitching on me, snitching to a cop. I can't go to prison. It's not in my temperament. The first yeah. person who touches me in a shower, I'm going to cut him. I'm going to cut him. Yeah. Which, uh, in a way, that is pretty solid prison temperament. She would, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you would think it'd be the other, like, she can't have, no, she's, no. Afraid, she's more afraid for the other prisoners with her in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So, so, so of course, Felix comes to the rescue uh somewhat and uh talks talks it over with Vic and it's just obvious I mean we, we you see it um Vic wants to talk to Sarah of course yeah. he's, he's still, still pining in love with a little her. bit for her well I mean that's the problem with Vic is like he's this obsession with Sarah is what has led him down this very dark path mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of uh, not just like the bad things that happened to him last year but maybe a lot of bad decisions that occurred even before the show started were just because he just can't let go of this Sarah thing and he's so close to like living a peaceful life he's got the dockers on and everything <laughs> yeah. I, I just yeah in the middle of, of that scene when he's like flipping and yelling at Felix like, oh for the love of Buddha yeah, <laughs> yeah oh for the love of Buddha. I love yeah. that one. Great. Great. I mean, yeah. I mean, last week he looked very zen and he lost a lot of weight and he looks mm-hmm. really healthy. But let's be honest, though. He, he is called Victor Dick for a reason. So I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't all Sarah's fault. Sure. I'm well, sure I mean, all. we're led to believe when the series starts that he's abusive to her. Yeah. yeah. So, Incredibly. I mean, yeah. 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 But he has been getting a bit of a sad sack at it. Because and of he's, his, well, but he's, he's making the effort. He is. He's doing the work. He's doing the work. He's, 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 he's snitching on people. I know. But he doesn't know those people. That is not very zen-like of him no, to snitch. No. But he's trying Forgive. to he's trying to get his life started. But like he he just wants to apologize to Sarah. Like really have a real conversation. He wants an apology from her too. Which well, he, I don't think is I don't I don't think it's if he had stayed out of her life like she wanted, none of these things would have happened to her. He was following her to Allison's she house. He faked her death to get away from an abusive drug dealer. Mm, I, I'm if, just look. I'm I'm I hate playing devil's advocate because you're right. He's yeah. done a lot of bad things and he deserved a lot of what came to him last year. Yeah. However, I mean, someone fakes their own death to get away from you because they, they're they not willing to have a conversation where they actually break up with you, where they steal your drugs and put you $10,000, $20,000 in debt. If somebody's willing to fake their death to get away from you, I think that says more about you than it does about them. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, you know what? It's a testament. <laughs> it's a testament to Michael Mondo that he's he's playing such a sympathetic character yeah. all of a sudden, from being the dick well, I gotta, to a sympathetic character. He is more fun and lovable this season. Yeah. yeah, I will say that. Well, he definitely. No, I would say even in season one, there were some very good comedic elements to his character yeah. yes. when he was pining over Sarah kept coming over Felix's apartment yeah for when, she, when he thought she was dead and he was just like drinking he was such a sad sack yeah. you're just like aww like mm. he really did love her in his own really screwed up way okay. and that's why it's kind of awesome to see him playing opposite Allison who's also mm. a goofball has these great comedic moments and just being grouped in with all these people this episode I think it's it's awesome and then seeing Felix come in and he realizes he has to call Sarah over so Sarah comes over uh, to have a little powwow so that so that Vic can can actually apologize to her yeah. but then he's waiting for an apology in return he's yeah. like well it's all your turn and uh, when that wasn't the deal he's like I want a new deal so uh, boy oh boy he's yeah. really getting entitled there well shortly after that <laughs> things didn't really work out too well for Vic yeah of course mm-hmm. well nah. well you know Felix spiking his uh, yeah. drink that's a little uh, well that's very Felix of him very I guess. Felix. In, in a rehab center really nice right. Felix 
uh, really nice. In theory, it was a good plan. Get them out of the situation. Right, but it's family day. <laughs> it must have been day. the pressure of family day. <laughs> yeah, man. It must have been the pressure of family day. Family day does terrible things to people. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we should say that meanwhile, while all of that's happening, it is family day, mm-hmm. and Donnie is coming back to oh, uh, to to visit Allison with the kids. Yeah. And Allison, of course, giving him the cold shoulder because she's still pissed well, off that he's where's a monitor. My, where's my name tag? Honey, yeah. can, you, can you pass me my name tag? You guys, do, Donnie, I, I do I have a name tag, honey? What is your name? Name tag? Name tag, please. Yeah. Give a name tag. Uh, uh, name tag? Hello? Oh, I'm here. So, uh, so yeah. So of course, Allison's mistreating Donnie. Somehow, uh, it gets all three's company. Honest, mm-hmm. like I said, mistaken identity ensues, and uh, Sarah ends up putting on a Allison headband and not yeah. doing much else with her hair. Yeah. And somehow, everyone realizes it's it thinks it's Allison. Yeah. And she goes in for uh, a really awesome. I just love seeing. Tatiana playing a clone playing another clone. Yeah. Right. And she even made a joke about it in the role play. Because uh, she was getting confused. It's like, <laughs> wait, so, okay, so I'm playing Allison playing Donnie? Yeah, so yeah. I'm playing Allison playing Donnie? What, See, Donnie was that's that? Whole, yeah. that, that whole thing was like way too on the nose for me. It was, yeah, so I'm being Allison being Donnie, and then Donnie says, like, who are you playing or who are you being now? It's just like, we get it as You're an like, audience. They should have, or they should have, it was so broad that the people should have been more. Suspecting right. like, of something's going why on. Why were Donnie and the kids not suspicious that she was wearing entirely different clothes and her hair was suddenly like all thick, you know, and not like super fine and, and yeah. groomed? Yeah, I thought about that too, but they sell the hell out of yeah. it, so then I yeah. almost don't. I don't I, care. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. Even, I know. It, it was a comedy routine. It was but, like Abbott and Costello, who, who's on first? I could hear that over again and still laugh at almost it. Almost even better than uh, Sarah being Allison was Donnie. Being Allison, he had yeah. the hand oh, yeah. move and the yeah, and the yeah. the boy the the ma- and the manners were yeah. down perfectly. No, it's it's like it's the one thing in like in improv is just when when a man is playing a woman, you put a hand here, <laughs> and that's how you <laughs> automatic woman. That you're a woman. <laughs> Auto- do you do um, this a lot, Anna? Do you just do you walk around like this a lot? Um, I'll have to pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I won't let you come home because yeah. otherwise I might withhold emotion from yeah. you. House. Yeah. <laughs> from everyone in the crowd. That was awesome. Yeah, that was so funny. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And while they're playing that, of course, uh, Felix is dragging the body of Vic. <laughs> oh. And and I love the head slam into the wall yeah. mm-hmm. move. Uh, John Fawcett said in Entertainment Weekly this uh, week, he said um, this was the Weekend at Bernie's episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very much. Well, with the exception of him actually faking, him being passed out and them yeah. actually moving his mouth or yeah. doing that kind of stuff. But it was it was a very Weekend at Bernie's type of thing. Michael Mando tweeted a great picture. He was live tweeting this episode. He tweeted a great picture of him and his stunt double. And they were in the same outfit and the same glitter on their face and everything. Nice. I was wondering who got hit in the head with that move. Because I, I felt that that was not a doll. That was definitely a body. So I guess that's what the stuntman has to do. Wow. There were a lot of great lines in this whole sequence. One of my favorites. I'm trying to remember what... uh, Molested by Christmas elves. Molested by Christmas elves (laughs) and like with your stupid banana fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which just like, oh, like, <laughs> no, I don't. I have banana fingers. That was for the love of Buddha. That was the response. Yeah, yeah. and for the love of Buddha, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, meanwhile, um, since Vic is out, pretty much, uh, DeAngelis can't find Vic. I was a little, yeah. you know, I was a little funny trying to see them, uh, her finding them when when the phone rang and and everything. But uh, so DeAngelis is still on the case, mm-hmm. I believe. But uh, she she ends up finding Vic. 
face down in the, I guess, the receptionist That's area all yeah. with all that glitter on his face from falling in the arts and crafts when mm-hmm. he was uh, drugged. And no one suspects for a second that it could have been foul play because it's, I mean, because it's a rehab, rehab center. Right? So, it's a rehab center. Yeah. So, so they just assume. And then, you know, Allison comes back to talk to Sarah in the room and then Donnie comes in. It's the moment we've been waiting for, yeah. you know, yeah, for I a long time. Have. Um, for I, I always thought that it was going to be uh, Allison tells Donnie that she knows, but no, he sees it and he's so kind of blown away. And Allison is, you know, like, yes, Donnie, haha, me and one of my other clones, the one that you always wanted. What? Uh, what? Clones? Yeah. <laughs> um, and which was just like really, I loved this scene. Well, uh, we got so to learn much. a lot out of it. I mean, Donnie, how he got recruited. Yeah, how he got recruited. He, he really was. Very blind to this whole thing. He said it was a sociology experiment from yeah. college. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even know about the, the, the men in the vans coming over. So. He's so stupid, he doesn't even know why. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, a I shame. Fe- I actually felt really, and I mean, we'll get to some other things involving that later, I assume, yeah. but uh, I really felt bad for Donnie in this episode. I felt so bad for Donnie and Allison. I really, yeah. I did. I cried mm. in that really? moment. I did because it was such an like he had no idea what was going on, and because we've had this question: Did they flip him? What happened? Does yeah. he love her? Uh, and so, so we had that question. I was like, oh, this is really tragic. And, she, and Tatiana was so emotional in the scene. And I feel like this proved that yeah, they did love each other. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... Uh, I thought Kristen uh, Brung was, like, the MVP of this episode. Like, he did a fantastic... This was the mm-hmm. best... I mean, he had said when he came on, like, episode seven's a big one for me. Yeah. And it really lived up to that. It right. is the best work he's well, gotten we'll to do talk, on the series. We'll talk about the other stuff with him in a little yeah. bit. But let's let's move, actually, on to... Uh, let's talk about Mrs. S with Duncan and mm-hmm. uh, and the whole thing, the whole plan that uh, they had for, to divide and conquer between Rachel and Leaky, because that was definitely uh, very interesting. And, of course, we just met Duncan slash Ethan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last week that we found out he was alive. And now uh, Mrs. S and Sarah want to want to kind of divide Leaky and Sarah. They want to kind of get to the root of the problem. So Mrs. S goes over and confronts Leaky, which I thought was yeah. pretty ballsy mm-hmm. of her to walk right into Dyad with this offer. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I thought that, you know, it was awesome and it shows that she's, you know, she's a risk taker. She's bold. Uh, she's going to do what, what Sarah can't sometimes mm-hmm. uh, and walking right into the lion's den. We still don't know necessarily where her allegiances are. Did anyone think for a second that she was going to sell mm. sell them out? I, I, I didn't. No. I yeah. didn't. But I, it was it was a cool move. It was really interesting, and then uh, and then of course she brings over Rachel to meet Ethan, but yeah. still super protective about. Uh, I mean, super protective over Duncan. I'll say Duncan, excuse me, um, yeah. and making sure like if any move was made to get him out of there, she would put a bullet to his head, mm-hmm. protecting yeah. it with with his life. I thought that that was ballsier and riskier than mm-hmm. going into Dyad. Yeah. Yeah, well, in a way, yeah. Considering how how Rachel is, I mean, Rachel is the scarier probably of the two. Well. Also, this scene shows, I guess, last week we had the scene with Paul and Mrs. S in the car, and we never really got the resolution of what was going on there. And I guess Mm. now we kind of see some of that in work, because she comes in with Paul. I'm assuming that's who she brokered this whole thing with. Mm -hmm. So 
Are we back to thinking Paul is on Sarah's side? I think he's just not on Leaky's side. I mean, he still. I think he still has some feelings for Sarah. Mm. He's he's Rachel's monitor, but he's obviously even though he had sex with her, that was really more her telling him what to do yeah. than him really being interested. I think he's definitely still got some feelings there in the old basket. Well, notice when when he even reported to to Leaky earlier in the episode, he he wasn't a hundred percent honest. He just uh, I mean, he said a probably thing got in the way. He said a probably thing got in the way. Lied about just about everything. Yeah. that went on. And uh, he said he didn't find Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, of course, Leaky saw right through that. Yeah. yeah. Um, can Can we just talk really, really quickly about the uh, Ethan Duncan's home? Like the production design on this show, I, it's so good that you can't even. I, I don't even think about it most of the time. Mm. But like this hoarder's mess of like old board games yeah. and newspapers and boxes and just like the design of this of this whole environment was just so so cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, he, where, where were we? I'm so sorry. I got wrapped up in thinking about dead mice and boxes. We were just, fin- we were just wrapping up about Paul lying to Leaky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, a, a quick point about that. When, when Paul says to Mrs. S, I see where Sarah gets it, her mm. knack for burning things down. Mm. Is that, uh, is that an implication that Mrs. S had, had something to do with the lab fire? Well, no, no. no. I, I think it's that she's now made this move on Leaky, basically. Like she's willing to take down Leaky by introducing Duncan to Rachel and thus, Burn Leaky down and yeah. possibly die at or whatever. Not being not being afraid to burn bridges or damage people if it's necessary. Yeah. Well, in all of this, we also saw a little bit more of the uh, uh, the management of Dyad. We had a new character. Yeah, yes. Miriam. Miriam. Miriam Bowles, played by Michelle Forbes, who who's awesome. I yes. always love Michelle mm-hmm. back from the Star Trek: The Next Generation days. I've always loved Michelle mm-hmm. Forbes. Yeah. So yeah. She's awesome and uh, very interesting to see her with Leaky even uh, earlier in that episode when she pretty much says, our paths rarely cross these days, but when they do, they, see, they always involve Sarah, Sarah Manning. Manning. So, a thorn in her side, too, apparently. Well, I really do think that this was, although it's like, oh, yay, we're burning, we're getting rid of Leaky, we're getting him. I think this was the wrong move. Really? I think this was totally the wrong move because... Rachel is not going to stop against Sarah. Rachel is going to not going to let Kasima uh, do her treatment. Rachel is the more of the, I think, colder villainous of Leaky and and Rachel. Even now that she has her father back. Yes, I don't think she's gonna. I don't think she's gonna stop. I don't think that because she has her father back, she's gonna be like, oh, we're all clone she's sisters. The pro, she's the prone clone, and she obviously thinks of herself above all the other clones. Where at least Leaky, I mean, yeah, he, he killed people in a lab fire, but he was letting Kasima finish the treatments. He was letting uh, Sarah live. You know, we see there later that uh, Mirian and. Um, and Rachel, they both seem out to get Sarah. Sarah's a problem to them both. Where Leaky was always, he wanted to bring her in, but he didn't want to hurt her. Well, uh, I, let's get in, because you're, you're, you're kind of hinting toward the ending, so we should might as well talk about that, that after um, after Sarah, I'm sorry, after Rachel meets her dad, which, by the way, I, I don't want to throw this away, great acting scene mm-hmm. by Tatiana as Rachel meeting her yeah. dad. Um, Rachel ends up firing 
uh, leaky for the most part, or, or but more than firing, if he is caught anywhere, he will most likely die. Yeah. Yeah. So he needs to disappear. Don't go home, don't get in your car, and maybe you'll live. And unfortunately, he gets into a car. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to be a major deal, because Donnie is Donnie, mm-hmm. and kind of oblivious. But then because Donnie is Donnie... Donnie he, is a turnip. He, he's a turnip, <laughs> and he accidentally shoots Leaky in the head, brains yeah. going everywhere. Uh, I want to re- remind everyone, I said Aldous Leakey would not last this season yeah. in the first episode, but I don't think anyone could have seen how he died. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's amazing. He had a little, Donnie had a little Pulp Fiction uh, moment mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. But it is going to be very interesting to see now that Leakey is gone, mm-hmm. uh, how Rachel's going to deal with it. Because Rachel was, I mean, Rachel did show some pity on Leakey mm-hmm. by letting him go. She said, you, you raised me. Yeah, and that you know, so nurture over nature in that sense. But right. she's not going to show the same pity to these. It's true. These other people. Well, you raise a really, really good point because, uh, as Miriam says on the phone, we should never put a white coat in the big chair. Yeah. He's always had a sentimental streak towards the clones because, in some way, he sees himself as their father, as his yeah. father, or yeah. their father. You know, and that's why he always took it just a little bit easier on Sarah. You know, he didn't want to to hurt her or Kira. He just wanted them there. He felt that Rachel's tactics were a bit too draconian. Uh, and, you know, now that there's no one with that kind of sentimentality towards them, uh, they're definitely in a more dangerous position than they ever were before. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that Rachel will hold some level of gratitude towards Sarah for reuniting her with, uh, with her father. Mm. It's just, uh, the question is, how far will that gratitude go? I don't think it's gonna go far enough to save her or Kira, but it might, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think there's going to be much gratitude at all. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think, uh, I th- well, uh, do you have something to say there? Uh, before, go I interrupt? Yeah. <laughs> before I interrupt? Um, I think that, uh, I think that really ultimately it comes down to, it's going to come down to an outside force. Because right now I think they're kind of aligned, but I think it's going to come to something else. And I think that thing actually is the disease that mm. Kasim is going through right mm-hmm. now. And that's where Kira, which we'll talk to in a little bit, gets involved. Yeah. And of course, when Kira is involved, Mrs. S, everyone has a different opinion yeah. on what to do with Kira. So, uh, what do you think? Well, I was going to say, is Miriam or Marion? Miriam. 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 Okay. Uh, I'm not really clear who side she's on because when she was talking to Leaky before, she said that. He said, Rachel's not going to be happy, and she said, well, we'll have to go against her, and she will lose. And yeah. uh, and now it seems that she's always sided with Rachel, so I'm not really clear I think where what, she stands. What Rachel did as soon as she met her father was the first thing she did was she called Marion. She called her and let her know uh, that uh, not only that Leaky killed, tried to kill her parents, um, and that he's withholding information. I think that uh, Miriam had okayed the hit on Leaky before that meeting between Rachel and Leaky. Mm. Um, that's why on the phone she's like, "I know that this is a hard thing to do, but it, you know it's good that you're doing." But it. but she also one of them said, "Well, that's what we get for putting a lab coat in the head yeah, chair." Yeah, that's what Miriam said. But but that implies. Rachel had said that they had some sort of prior relationship and that they had jointly made a decision to put a lab coat in the main seat to begin with. Well, so. they're all in the dyad hierarchy. I mean, I'm assuming Marion's the big boss. She's clearly... Yeah. Or she's a bigger the, boss. Bigger boss of 
Oh, than Leaky yeah. and Rachel. And yeah. technically, so. Rachel is a bigger boss than Leaky. Yeah. I mean, so... Well, as much as you think that Marion was on Leaky's side in that first scene, I mean, she did say she did say that line about our paths only cross yeah. when Sarah Manning's involved. And I think that was a little bit of a, I'm getting kind of tired. You know, it's kind of like, I'm getting kind of yeah, tired to babysit. Uh, you know, because of this per- because of this thorn in our side. Mm-hmm. So I think it wasn't that much of a leap for her to really say, "Okay, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm I'm on Team Rachel now. I'm going I'm going along with whatever Rachel wants." And last week, I thought the show really tried to lead us down the path of Leaky's the big bad behind all this, which I wasn't necessarily buying. And I feel like that's where we're going to see Miriam become like kind of the the big bad of the series. They're big or bad. Big There's or bad. probably an even bigger one. Oh, I think hey. the the we in, you know, we should never have put a, a white coat in the big chair is speaking to other people on the dyad board. I don't think Rachel ever had a decision in, in Leaky's placement in, probably the, in royal, the company. Probably a royal we. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get, my, my point is just, I'm, I'm not clear yet, I'm not convinced where she stands. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think that she would sacrifice Rachel too in a pinch to sa- to to protect the project. Mm-hmm. I think if the right, if the science uh, was taking a new direction that looked more promising, I mm-hmm. think Rachel would be out in a second. New lab coat. Yeah. yeah. Since we talked, that we were talking about the the scene in the car mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to to mention another thing with with Donnie that I thought was so sad about that scene. The line when he's talking about oh, my marriage is ruined and, and everything, and Leaky said, "I gave you your your wife." Mm-hmm. And I thought what was so sad about that is because he's been doing this experiment for a long time. When he first said, oh, remember in college and this experiment, part of me was like, really? Like he thinks this is some experiment from college? And then it occurred to me, he has deluded himself probably so much over the years to, to, to think that this is how – he forgot that this is how he has his wife. This is how he even has his family, but he's kept up this facade. And I thought that made Donnie even sadder. Well, it did seem like a very that line itself didn't make it seem like Donnie didn't even have control over his own wife, and Leaky's like, right. "I gave you your wife," you know. Yeah, it's I think almost he knows like that. it's almost like you, you know. And now that he knows that his wife's a clone, I mean, even more so. It's like it's like if he has a mentality anywhere near like someone like a Perlethian or Gracie, he's like, she's not even a real human being; she's a synthetic clone. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. I took that line to just mean. I made your wife. Like, yeah. I gave you your wife just like, she wouldn't exist if I didn't make her in a lab. Oh, you took it more literally. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, took oh, see, it I took it more that this has been, if it wasn't for him getting involved in this whole diet thing, he wouldn't even have a family. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it's the well, truth. It's yeah. probably true. Let's, yeah. uh, let's just uh, dart through a couple of other things because we are running a little short on time. Let's go to talk, talk about Cosima because I think that was actually a really big scene yeah. with Cosima and Delphine, especially, oh, yeah. you know, first of all, that, that loving scene on the operating table as she's, uh, as she's getting the uh, stem cells into her uterus and then um, finding out from Scott, overhearing Scott and Delphine, another person overhearing a conversation that Leaky's been withholding information from them and that Leaky was actually using a tooth of Kira's from the car accident that in season one when she got hit after Helena took her out of the house. Not only Leaky, but her finding out Delphine's holding information. Yeah, from exactly. Her. Yeah. And that caused a major breakup. But I thought it was a really intense scene. I mean... Um, Kasima obviously upset about what's being put into her body and not knowing, you know, it's Kira. And I think she also felt like she betrayed Sarah. Yeah, definitely. In that scene. But, so. and that scene made the next scene with her on the phone with Sarah all the more powerful. How mm-hmm. reluctant she was to have to ask to, to, cause the fact of the matter is without Kira's help, yeah. she's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really intense. So again, Kira, like I said, Kira definitely is going to be the outside, you know, the, the, um, 
I want to say, well, not protagonist, but she's definitely going to be the force that causes all these different points of views to come across. Because right now, Cosima needs Kira to live. Sarah she's, wants to protect I mean, Kira. I mean, we yeah. saw this in, in, in the scene with Cal and Sarah talking about bringing, Sarah, bringing Kira back to save Cosima. And then, of course, Kira just with this odd telepathy mm-hmm. uh, predilection. Yeah. She pulls out her own tooth. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I hated the fact that I, I doing that. You know, it was just creepy as all She's a tough kid. She got hit by a car. Yeah. She is a tough kid. It'll, it'll grow back. Whatever. But still, I mean, uh, really, really deep. But also, I think what's really interesting to note is um, I thought it was really creepy seeing that scene with Cal on the computer mm-hmm. and seeing his webcam was on. And noticing that he's being followed. And we really don't know. I mean, the way he played it off, it's like it looks like they might be on to me. But we don't know who the day is. They yeah. could be Dyad or I, could I, be this other force. Oh, I thought it was Dyad because he was he was looking, he was hacking into Dyad at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He was hacking It's it, it, at the top of his little hacking screen. It was like Dyad Institute Special Genetic Project. Mm. He was hacking into it. I don't think he's connected necessarily that Sarah is a part of that or, the, or what part she plays in it. But he was hacking into Dyad. Dyad found him. Okay. They're, they're trying to find Kira. Um, what I what I found interesting, you know, he's still trying to get Sarah and Kira to run away with him. When Sarah ultimately says, no, I'm taking her with me, uh, he says, you know, you remember that phone, that number we practiced? If you ever need me, you call me. Oh, yeah. So now, if, you know, Kira has always been kind of helpless. She's been passed from person to person. She really has no say in the matter. Mm. Now she has an ace in the hole. If she ever feels unsafe with her mother or with Mrs. S or whoever she's with, she can call Cal and he can come running. Yeah. And also, how does this man continue to be just so, like, wonderfully perfect? He's got money. He's earthy. He's smart. Yeah. He takes care of the daughter that he just met. That's why I don't trust him. father of the year. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm still hesitant to be all about Cal. Yeah. But so far, he hasn't shown me anything that I shouldn't be. Right? And that's what's the most suspicious thing. <laughs> that's going to be like the twist now in episode nine when it turns out Cal's a prolethean or some. He's dating D'Angelo. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. dating. Yeah. Oh, wow. That That's would be crazy. a sick twist. Well, of course, we didn't see Helena and we didn't see any of Art. So no. uh, hopefully we'll be seeing. Well, I, I think you're right. We probably won't see uh, Helena till episode nine. We'll see about Art. Uh, let's do some news really quick. After Buzz TV News. Okay. Uh, do you have anything? Well, I have, like I have some news. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, this week, Tatiana Maslany, the great Tatiana Maslany, was nominated for a bunch of awards. Oh, a bunch great. Of television awards. She was nominated for a Television Critics Association Award for Best uh, uh, Dramatic Performance mm-hmm. and a Critics' Choice Award for Best Actress in a Drama. What's interesting with the Television Critics Association Award, it, they don't do, like, actor and actress. They just do... Best dramatic form. So she's nominated against Brian Cranston and Matthew McConaughey. Oh wow! And, yeah, mm. so wonderful. So some big names that she's up there with, and uh, I'm pulling for obviously. Beautiful, great. Cool. Also, uh, just to let you know, today they announced that uh, the Blu-ray for season two and the DVD is coming out on June 15th by oh, BBC. Man, yeah, so it's coming out really, really soon. And so wait, wait, oh, actually, you know what? No, no. hold on a second. The original, actually, you know what? There's a correction. The original press release I had said June 15th, but it's actually July 15th, which is good because it would reveal yeah. something from the last episode or two. That would have been a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting all of a sudden, June 15th is my birthday. I'm like, I can get the DVD and just watch the rest of the series. Actually, I, I hate to call out BBC on this. They messed, they, the, I, I'm reading There's an like old press There's like three different dates. Yeah, notice there's three different dates here. June 15th, June 24th, but then on the top it says July, July 15th. 15th. 
Uh, so they meant to say July 15th. All right. But anyway, there's going to be a lot of extra content on this. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just exclusive to the DV, uh, to the Blu-ray or if it's on both. But included, it's going to be the making of the four-clone scene, an extended version. So that is something we have not That's seen yet. That's a spoiler. Yet. That is something we have not seen four yet. Four clones. We got a scene coming up with four, with four clones. Four clones. So is little, that a, what is that, a Cosima, Rachel, Sarah, and Allison scene? Or, or is it Helena in the maybe mix? Helena's maybe Helena's Helena is in the mix. In the mix. So, the, um, it's definitely, they gotta have, we haven't had a scene with Allison, Cosima, We haven't had a scene Sarah. with three clones yet. Yeah. Since, yeah. since, uh, since episode one. three of season one. Yeah. 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 So, so we have something to look forward to. A lot of Tatiana in a scene. Also included is going to be the uh, the Clone Versation, which BBC America aired uh, before season two. I remember it well. Uh, clone Club character profiles. I'm curious to see what that is. Uh, the two clone Smackdown. When was there a clone on clone? Fight? I don't know. Oh, oh you first know what? Episode. Oh. When Sarah attacks on Rachel. On top of Rachel. Oh, yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah, we could do that. There'll probably be some more. Uh, script to screen and a hair and makeup featurette. So, uh, very, very interesting. So, yeah, again, that's going to come out on July 15th, if this is correct, because I have three different dates here, but I'm going to go with July 15th, which makes perfect sense. I would sense. go to the one that is when the, After se- the season, season ends. After the season ends. So, we, we don't get back. Still spoiled. a quick turnaround. Still yeah. a quick turnaround. Okay, so with that, uh, let's go on to predictions. And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right. All right. Yeah. Who would like to get started? I mean, I don't have many. I don't have much of a prediction. <laughs> Just I about have, five I or six. I don't really have any, but <laughs> I really think next week we're going to see Rachel really double down as the villain of this. Like, I think she is going to go on a warpath. Mm-hmm. I think Kasima, Sarah, they've all got to watch their backs. I don't think there's any goodwill coming Well, we see way. her throwing uh, stuff around. We see her freaking out yeah. in the coming attraction. I'm assuming that's over finding out about Leaky. And right. I'm assuming that she's also going to try to do the same thing to any clone that gets in her path. Mm. See, I don't think that there's going to be a ton of outward aggression towards the clones. I think she's really pissed off at Dyad for lying to her all these years. Do you think she's going to let Kasima finish her treatment? I think I think she's gonna let Kasima finish her treatment, uh, but I actually I don't know. That's See, the one element so. that I'm not sure about. And that to me is the cruelest thing she could do. Uh, agreed. But having this tooth of Kira's, you know, me maybe she's getting greedy. She thinks you know uh, you can have this tooth, but now you need to get her to bring Kira in. You mm. know, maybe she tries to persuade Kasima. I don't know. I think most of her anger is going to be towards Dyad and, and Leaky, not towards the clones. I but think she is Dyad. Especially without Leaky, she is Dyad. But she didn't know that they'd been lying to her, her entire life. She thought that she was the special one, the only one that knew from the start who and what she was and was included on the study from day but one. But she feels Leaky betrayed her. I don't know if she feels Dyad betrayed her. Hmm. Because know. after all, Marion was, uh, was okay with Leaky getting killed. So we'll maybe, see about that. Maybe she doesn't know that Miriam knew about the fire. Well, we'll find out about that. What, so do you have a prediction for that then? Or um, I'm going to say she she doesn't, she doesn't either doesn't know that Miriam knew about the fire or she's, plan, she's holding that card back. I think that by the end of the season we will learn something bad about Kat. 
cow. There has to be something. Yeah, he can't okay. be Mr. Something Perfect on this forever. Guy. Okay, great. Anna? I'm going to say that she's not going to, Rachel's not going to let Cosima finish her treatment. She doesn't need Cosima now that her dad's back. Her dad is like the scientist. Oh, yeah, we've got the home. research, man. No, that's right. But the mother was always the brains of the operation. I'm just saying mm-hmm. this. I'm just, this is a prediction for Rachel and the way she thinks. She has Delphine, mm-hmm. who's part of that project, and she has Duncan mm-hmm. back. So, and I'm also going to say that, or uh, not a prediction so much as maybe I would just like to see Vic fight either Ray, uh, Cal or Paul or both for Sarah's affection. Mm, maybe shirtless. <laughs> I think someone's a fan of Michael Mondo. Uh, all of them. They're all, all, all very shirtless. handsome. Oh, all of them shirtless. Okay, never mind. Well, now that he all lost the weight. Yeah, now that he lost the weight. He was always handsome. You know, okay. one thing that more handsome. One now. thing that was mentioned in the previews for next week, there was a name that we haven't really heard since season one. Beth Child. Beth Child. So yeah. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say I think someone else said it earlier. It said maybe she's not dead. Maybe that someone was another clone. One of our fans said that. One of our fans said that. So I'm gonna say they might be right. It would be really interesting to see if Beth Child's actually alive. She be was wild. a very interesting character, even though we didn't mm-hmm. really get to know her except for th- after her death. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually put that out there. Okay. And uh, I'm also going to put out there, I, I, I really do think that, um, I agree that I think Rachel and Sarah are going to team up a bit. I think, I think actually, um, I actually see that for a little bit. So I think ultimately they're not going to because I think, you know, obviously there's Paul in the middle of this whole thing and all sorts of stuff. But I think that's what's going to happen. So uh, anyway, Anna, where can we find you? You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. Mr. Will Link, where can you find you? You can follow me at The Real Will Link and you can listen to my podcast, Will Sean Podcast, on the Westcast Network. Mr. Lieberman. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and on Instagram as well. And you can find all four of us on other shows here on AfterBuzz TV. Please uh, check us out, rate us, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we sometimes do shout-outs, not this week, maybe next week. But please tune in next week for another exciting episode of Orphan Black on AfterBuzz. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 